Well, hey, happy Monday, everyone. Welcome to the CCS Weekly Podcast. My name is Isaiah Babcock, and I'm the College and Singles Minister at Cross City Church in Euless, Texas. Before we get started today, I wanted to let y'all know that this Thursday, February 7th, we are officially launching United, a weekly worship service for single adults at Cross City Church. Our goal is to create environments where single adults are connecting relationally, growing spiritually, and serving together. If you're a single adult in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, we would love for you to join us this Thursday in the chapel at 7 p.m. Cross City Church is located on 1000 West Airport Freeway in Euless, Texas, 76039. In this week's podcast, I'm stoked to have y'all meet Ryan Slay. She's the producer at Cross City Church, and she is truly one of the coolest people I know. This morning, we talk about her love for the local theater, how much we both enjoyed Mr. Rogers' documentary last year, and we spend a good amount of time talking about the amazingness that is the Enneagram. If you're new to our podcast, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review us. We post new episodes every week, and we would love to hear your feedback as we continue to shape what this podcast looks like in the future. Thanks again for listening. Have a blessed week, and now on to the episode. Excited today to have Ryan Slay with us. Thanks for being here. Ah, thanks for having me. Ryan is our producer at Cross City Church, so she's. I'll let you actually explain it. Like, what all does that entail? <laughs> uh, basically, I hang out in the tech booth a whole lot, okay. and I like pretend like I know what's going on. Um, I coordinate all of the elements that are happening in the room at. Um, during service and so if it's lyric slides if it's lighting and cameras and everything i'm coordinating all of those and making sure everybody's on the same page everyone knows what they need to do i'm directly responsible for the screen team okay which is the ones that do the lyrics Mm -hmm. um, and graphics anything you see on the screens and then the prompters for the people on stage and then i also run the five-star team which is a production team that kind of helps us make sure uh People on stage know what's going on, like the goal is to keep a distraction-free environment right. and all of that kind of stuff. So I directly run those two teams, and then I coordinate all the other teams that are involved on a so Sunday morning. The five-star, those are the ones that if anyone ever sees people with the headsets, like following mm-hmm. pastor and stuff yes. like that, tell them, yes. go here, don't go here. The headsets and the clipboards, that's them. They have saved us so many times <laughs> uh, in our productions. There was one specifically, I forget what, the, I think it was a Christmas production or some sort, but I had left like a mic stand on the stage, and they were like, go get that, go Go get that. And so yeah. uh, they do a great job. If you've ever been in a church before, you know that the pe- people that run the slides are the unsung heroes. And so that that's cool. I, I love that. Um, but, you know, Ryan, you, you, you help make sure that the services go on without a hitch. Um, but the thing that I love about you and the reason why I wanted you on is because there are so much more about you that I would love for our people to know. Um, and we're just going to we're just going to knock them out. The first thing being theater. You called me, looped me in. <laughs> Broke me into this this past year, and you have sparked a fire that that I'm really excited about my next opportunity. Um, but you are heavily involved in theater, and I would just love to hear about that. Like, how did you get involved with that? Um, actually, when I was a little girl, uh, when we I was about ten when we moved to this area, and mm-hmm. the church that we went to had something that no other church that we'd been to before had, and that was a children's musical. And so oh. I had these grand dreams of being a professional singer when mm-hmm. I was a child. Uh, as I grew older those dreams waned, but, um, for good reason. <laughs> but, um, I auditioned for the kids musical because I wanted to sing. I wanted a solo and okay. that was really all I wanted. I didn't want a part. I just wanted to sing. And they called and I remember my mom answered the phone and they offered me like the lead acting role. Oh, wow. And I was disappointed. <laughs> like, <Okay. laughs> I wanted to sing. I was like, she doesn't have a solo. Um, my mom was like, no, Ryan, you don't understand. This is like a big deal. Yeah. This is the lead role. And I was like, but she doesn't sing. <laughs> so um, I got over it 
fell in love with it, just caught the bug really, really early on, um, kept doing church musicals, got involved in school, did all the things. And then um, when I was looking at colleges and trying to figure out what I wanted to do, mm-hmm. I remember my mom looking at me and say, Ryan, you know, you could study theater. Oh, wow. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> like, I thought this that's was a, just that's like... a thing? <laughs> yeah. Like, I did not realize that there were college programs for theater. Yeah. And so she was like, yeah, you could do this. And I knew I wanted to go in ministry, but I didn't know exactly what I wanted it to look mm-hmm. like. Um, at the time, I sort of thought that I would go to seminary. Yeah. Um, and my father, who's been in ministry all my life and, and um, you know, went to seminary and all the things had recommended that if I was going to go to seminary, don't get my undergrad in like a Christian studies program. Which is a great piece of advice, by the way, for anybody listening. Like I tell my college students, if you have dreams of going into ministry, seminary, you know, that's going to be a part of your future. Man, do something different with your undergrad. And that's exactly, that was exactly what his advice was. And so my thought was, if I am going to study something for four years, it Mm -hmm. might as well be something that I love. And so I uh, majored in theater in college um, and our, my senior year, we had senior directs. It was kind of our, our big final project. We had to direct a one act play and it was the first time I'd ever gotten to direct anything. And I will never forget watching the other two. There were three of us that directed that year and I watched their shows and I watched my show and I knew I could do this. It was this moment of of those two shows are good, but I'm looking at my show and I know that I can do this. And then I had a professor that said, Ryan, this, I think this is your thing. Yeah. I think you found your thing. So after that, I kind of didn't want to go to seminary anymore. I wanted to keep <laughs> going. Um, I didn't, professional theater was never really my goal. Right. But I knew that I wanted to be able to do this thing better than I could. I knew there was still more growth. I mm-hmm. knew I wanted to be able to do it at a professional level. I still wanted to do it in a church setting. Yeah. But I wanted to be able to do it better, especially now that I had found this thing that I love. So I started applying to grad school and got my master's in it as well. I got my MFA in it with a focus on directing. And then from then was able to, with those degrees, find jobs that let me use them in the church. And that's kind of what I've done for a career. Um, But I've still kept doing theater. I'm very involved in the DFW theater community, Mm -hmm. which is a really vibrant and thriving community in the Metroplex. It's it's crazy, the DFW theater community. It's it's insane. Um, And it's something I'm really proud to be a part of and and do a lot with it. Well, I had no idea, just so you all know what I was even referencing a second ago, I had no idea how vibrant that community really was. Um, and I guess it was just short of a year ago. Mm-hmm. Now I get a call from Ryan randomly one night. <laughs> I'm walking into my house from my car and Ryan, it's Ryan on the other end. And she's like, Hey, so remember that time you said, if you ever needed, if I ever needed help with theater stuff, give you a call. Well, Hey, I need that. And then fast forward, you know, make a long story short. I ended up being one of the scarecrows in the wizard of Oz at the artisan theater, which is a theater I had passed. You, you weren't a scarecrow, not a scarecrow. No, sorry. I was one of the, <laughs> I was one of the crows in the scarecrow scene. Yes. Yeah, clearly it was my first show. No, I was not the scarecrow. There was a time that, so when you had called me and told me what that was, I had no idea what to expect. I was like, am I being asked to be the scarecrow in this show? I had, it, it terrified me. So when I came there and found out, no, it's, it, you were not the guy up there. But it was, it was just such a fun time. And I, I can't wait to find some other way to get that back into my schedule. Um, but that scene, yeah, that, that theater scene, um, 
It's great. It's wonderful. Now, so if y'all ever see anything at Cross City that has any ounce of creativity, more than likely Ryan's the one who had uh, had to do with that. Um, so what are some, I, I mentioned the artisan, what are some of the the good theaters in the area that people can go check out? So almost every city around has a community theater. Okay. And a lot of times they're kind of hidden away so you don't know about it. Mm-hmm. But Hearst has Artisan. Bedford has Onstage in Bedford. Grapevine has Runway Theater. Um, Keller has some. Even Cleburne. Cleburne has three different theaters, oh, wow. which is this random, but they're really great theaters. Um, one of them especially has really made a name for itself. Um, there's actually a local theater awards. They're actually coming up in the next month or mm-hmm. so. Um, and they're super fun. It's this big gala. You get all dressed up. If you have been nominated uh, for Best Musical, you get yeah. to go perform a song. So it's like a reunion of your show again. That's they're cool. super, super fun. Um, and there's a ton of theaters in Dallas. There's there's theaters in Irving. Like every city almost has a community theater that you can get involved in pretty, pretty easily. I mean, they are they are always need help. You, you know, you can audition for shows. You can work backstage. You can um, do costumes or props. Or and the vast majority of them are volunteer run. Yeah. They might have a couple of staff members, or they might, you know, contract like a scenic designer, but they still need help building things or something exactly, like yeah. that. So. It was really cool. So I would encourage anybody that's listening, like, jump on Google, find out where your your closest community theater is, and then go get involved. If you've had many of most of us would never be willing to admit that at some point we had that thought or that dream of being involved in something like that, regardless of what the dream was. And I would encourage anybody... And go go get involved. Go get involved with a production of a show and just see what it's like. But definitely start going and supporting your local community theaters. Um, I had Dylan and Jordan Swingle on last week from Swingle and Co. And we were talking about it's, it's the award season. You know, we talked about the Oscars a little bit there. Um, one of the categories that we were talking about the other day that we really enjoy is the documentary category of the Oscars, just because of the stories that they tell and stuff like that. And we got off onto a big conversation that I'd love to have for the listeners uh, about the. It was the Mister Rogers documentary. What was it called? Won't you be my neighbor? Won't you be my neighbor? And that was amazing. Was so good. That was amazing. So good. Um, Regardless of what's nominating us, we just we that's where our conversation went. Um, why did you love it so much? Oh my goodness! I think that was probably my favorite movie that I've seen in the last year. Um, and to be honest, I don't see a ton of movies because yeah. if I have a free night, I usually am going to see some friends in a show, um, like a live show. But won't you be my neighbor? Um, it was just so beautiful. It was it was a really well done documentary. Yeah. But then it was. You know, he was such a beautiful person and the things that he was trying to teach kids and how how important they are and how he tried to teach them. Um, how do you deal with hard things? How do you manage emotions? Mm-hmm. Um, the statements he would make, sometimes subtly, sometimes not so subtly about the cultural events, how he helped kids deal with really, really hard things and how he trusted children with those hard things and instead of trying to like sweep them under the rug and tell them nothing was going on he said yeah this happened and this is really hard Mm -hmm. and here's how we can deal with it yeah it was it was one of those like there were so many i I loved watching we watched it as as a ministry staff watched the whole entire thing and i was i was hooked the whole entire time because there was so much about his life that i didn't realize that he had battled against Mm -hmm. in regard i mean so even when you know television was starting to become the forefront of entertainment for for children 
there's that segment in the documentary which is showing like this is what they were all taking in and it's not that not to say anything bad about those cartoons or whatever but he he had this heart that this is this is what your kids are, are taking in and like and that's important and that's a big deal and so that he the fact that he fought that fight um, was so cool and I think a lot of people have probably seen that scene you know where he goes to um, to the government the and he, committee yeah, yeah to to get you know to lobby for PBS not being defunded and it's it's a sweet clip but there's so much more in so his heart for the kids um, talk about that scene that we we talked about. I forget the context of it, so hopefully you'll remember. Um, with the lion and the lady yeah, that's so singing, Daniel Tiger and Lady—I don't remember what her character name is—but um, Daniel Tiger is feeling like he is not enough, mm-hmm. and he's feeling like he's not, um, like he's too tame, like he is not like the other tigers, and that he's just not good enough. And she comes in and says, I like you just the way you are. I think you are a great friend. I think you are a great tiger. Mm -hmm. And I like you just the way you are. And the beauty of that scene to me is that Daniel Tiger is still singing about all of those insecurities and all those feelings that he has while she is singing these beautiful words of affirmation over him. And I love the idea that those can coexist, Mm -hmm. that we can have doubts, we can have insecurities, we can feel like we are not enough, and that there can be someone in our life singing those words over us, that you are enough just the way you were created, just the way you are, you are enough. Yeah. It it was such a touching scene because he sings his verse, she sings her verse, and then they're singing together. And I honestly thought, watching it for the first time, I'd never seen that episode. I really thought his words would change. And, and they don't. They don't. And they don't. They the don't. thing is, he still. I still don't feel like I'm enough. I still have doubts. I still don't feel like I'm loved. Um, and that was the beauty of it. Like, his messages transcended children, you know, and they're still applicable to us oh today. Oh, my goodness. It's so good. And so it, 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 was, it was a great thing. If you haven't watched it, you definitely should go check it out. It's Won't You Be My Neighbor? Or will yes. you be okay? Well, Won't you be, be my, my neighbor? neighbor. <laughs> documentary, <laughs> the Mr. Rogers about, documentary. Yeah, the Mister Rogers documentary. So good. Uh, it, it's some good stuff. But kind of with that idea of understanding yourself and doubts, and we talk about that. What I'm really excited <laughs> to talk about right now, and we we plugged this a, a few weeks back, but um, we talked about it with Brian. I think I don't know if I mentioned it with Ben. Definitely with Brian. Uh, but we talked about the Enneagram, and you are probably the the resident Enneagram expert on staff here at Cross City. <laughs> Um, t- tell me, what's, what is the Enneagram? For those that have been listening and wonder why we're tossing out these numbers, what's the Enneagram? I don't know if I'm the expert, but I'm definitely a nerd about it. Um, so the Enneagram is a personality typing system. And it's not really just a single test that you can take to figure out what type you are. But there are nine different types. They're represented by numbers. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times you have a primary type and then you can wing either one up or one down right. from where you are. And it is, um, it's similar to other personality tests in that it helps you figure out kind of how you're going to react to situations and your behavior and that kind of stuff. But what I love about it is that to me, it goes more into the motivations of why you behave the way you do, Mm -hmm. um, more than almost any other test. And it's really about knowing who you are, why you behave the way you, you do, and then how can you grow? Like not staying the way you are, but how can you get to a healthy place and a healthy emotional place, a healthy spiritual place? What what is your growth path? How, what do you need to do to be a healthy person? Yeah. And I think that's what I'll, I'll, I'll just own it for everyone listening. Like I was a huge skeptic, skeptic of it. I have wanted nothing to do with it. I made fun of my friends that dealt with it and would just love it. But then the more, you know, of course, because 
I've, I've worked in enough places. Everybody's got their their tests. Everybody has their thing. You know, whether it's the disc profile, strengths finders, Myers Briggs, culture index, whatever it is. Like there are so many of these things out there. I was like, I don't care. But as I dove into this, I was like. Okay. Hey, there's something. There's, there's something, something different. Yeah, there's, there's something there, different that's kind of hard to put into words sometimes. It really there's is something different about this one. And I was trying to look into the history. It sounds like the history of it is debated. You know, some of it's like oh, it goes all the way back to like the fourth century, and I'm like, whatever. Like, and it's definitely a trendy thing right now. Like, it's super sure. popular right now. But but it, but it is such a great tool. Um, and and I have learned. I think for me, what I've learned, I'm. I'm curious. I'll, I'll tell what my number is. <laughs> what, what is what's your number, Ryan? I'm a four. Okay, which is the uh, the romantic. Okay, or the individualist, depending mm-hmm. on what what source you're looking at. And, and so, what what have you learned about yourself from that? And like, how has it benefited you? I think the biggest thing, at least the biggest thing that's resonated with me the most, is that some of the things that people have told me my whole life, I need mm-hmm. to change about myself, and whether that is. You know, maybe it's not in so many words. You need to change this. But, yeah. But things that they talk about as like a negative aspect of my personality, or, or I'm just a drama queen, or mm-hmm. or, the, or I'm too emotional. All of those kind of things. Like that's the way God wired me, mm-hmm. and and that's okay. It's okay to be the way God made me. Now it doesn't excuse behavior. It doesn't mean that I can use that knowledge as an excuse to not grow and to not change. Mm-hmm. But there is. There's a reason I am the way I am, and there are benefits to that. And one of my favorite authors on the Enneagram, um, he actually calls it your superpower. He's like, this is a force superpower. And and when he'll talk about it, I'm like, yeah, but people have told me my whole life that's a bad thing. And what this system is telling me is, no, that's a beautiful thing. It's the way you were created. Mm -hmm. It makes you unique, um, and you are you are fearfully and wonderfully crafted just like that by your creator. Yeah. And the other thing I really love about it is it gives you a growth path. Like it says, okay, if you're a four, here are the things you need to do to grow. Right. Here here are the the step-by-step things you can do to help you grow healthy. And then they'll talk about like the healthy behaviors of a four. If you're if you're a healthy four, this is how you act. If you're an unhealthy four, this is how you act. And yeah. if you are stressed, you probably do these things. And if you are um, if you are healthy and and satisfied, here's how you're probably mm-hmm. acting. And there have been times where I've like, like done things. I'm like, oh, 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 I'm stressed. Why am I? What's stressing? Oh, <laughs> like yeah, this it, is stressing you're me you're out. Reverse engineering yes. and realizing, yes. you're letting those things. Oh, I didn't realize this was stressing me out so much. Yeah. But like by looking at my behavior and going, oh, I know that when I am stressed, I start acting like a two, like the unhealthy habits mm-hmm. of a two. And when I get that way, I'm like, oh, oh okay. So something's going on. I should yeah. probably figure out what it is. Yeah. No. And, and so it's that's that's been that's been the selling point for me. Again, you know, you take all these things with a grain of salt. I think better understanding the enneagram and what it's saying it is and what it isn't helps you better apply it. But for myself, so I'm a two with a with a one wing, and so for the two being the helper, you know, the the I forget how they phrased it, but essentially the thing you got to watch out for the bad habits. For me, it's pride. Like that's the struggle, and and I've I've I argued it, of course, and of course I feel like the instinct when you hear this is like, no, no, that's not me, and I'm like, I'm literally they, proving this thing right. They say <laughs> that when you read through them, the one that you like don't like the most is probably the one that you are exactly. <laughs> but and so what what I realized though is is 
it, it totally it totally pinned to me because if you ask you know just most people that know me they would probably say that yeah he's he's a very caring very giving person uh, and, and I am I'd like to hope that I am but it showed me that the reality is some of the some of the times that I'm very generous with my with my things my time whatever um, I'm doing it to get something I'm mm-hmm. doing it so because my pride's kicking in I want to have to get something back and so it's helped me really just discern my motives and behind why I do what I do because what it looks like to the person is you know oh he's being generous he's helping he's giving um, but inside I have to I really have to check myself like is it because I'm wanting something in return um, is or is it genuinely because I want to help this person and it really has just with that one wing and so it's like if I see anger now I'm like okay well that I got to watch out for that. Um, and so it really has helped me, like you said, take a look at the action or the emotion. And if I'm honest with myself, start asking, okay, so why is that? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Now I can see. And it, it's helped me get back to to center, if you will. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's the right phrase. So when I, when I get stressed, I disintegrate into a two. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of times that is because if things are going on in my life, I don't want to think about it. So right. I'm going to start doing things for everybody else mm-hmm. and focusing on everyone else around me so that I don't have to deal with all the feelings. Cause like the, the primary, one of the primary characteristics of a four mm-hmm. is the feelings. And I, I had no clue. Like I was told all my life I was over dramatic. Like right. they call me a drama queen. Um, they think it's an affectionate term. And yeah. I'm like, I don't like that term, <laughs> but um, the, the feelings are such a big deal to a four. Mm-hmm. And I never realized that other people don't feel things the way I feel them. And mm-hmm. what the Enneagram told me, and my mom used to say, or my mom will say, I feel things very deeply. And that it was always interesting to me because I was like, how else do you feel things? Yeah, like how my feelings. <laughs> yeah. Like how I don't, I don't know. I don't know how to feel things any other way than deeply. Mm-hmm. And I did not realize that feelings and emotions affect me differently than they do everybody else. And so that was one thing that any taught me is mm-hmm. that like um, one of my favorite resources and books on it is called The Road Back to You and what he says in that book is fours don't have feelings they are their feelings mm-hmm. like so much of who you are is wrapped up and that's one thing I have to be really careful about because emotions and feelings change yeah. and so if that is my identity then my identity is always changing and that's not a good thing at all it's it, it's it's a great tool so I can I guarantee you we will continue to mm-hmm. ask people that are on this on this podcast what their numbers are um, and definitely encourage y'all so you mentioned The Road Back to you, which I would say is probably one of the best mm-hmm. books that they can get. Is Especially there, for the beginner. Yeah. Are there any other resources, podcasts that they can go well, listen to? The guy that wrote that book, Ian Morgan Cron, mm-hmm. I think is how you say it. Um, he has a podcast called Typology and okay. I'm a podcast junkie. <laughs> so um, that's a great one. But then he has also been on a lot of other people's podcasts. Mm-hmm. So if you just put in the Enneagram into like the search bar, it will come up with all these episodes of all these different podcasts and not just him, yeah. but other people talking about about the Enneagram. Um, and that's podcasts are actually how I first got introduced to it. So that's a great resource as well. It's been good. Yeah. You should definitely go check it out. Um, if you, if you want to know, okay, so what's your number, there's tons of tests, you know, the free ones obviously probably aren't as in depth as some of the other ones, but a great one, a great place to start would be, uh, Enneagram test.net E N N E A G R A M test.net. Um, go take that quick little quiz and let that kind of give you a starting point. But I would definitely say, uh, get the road back to you. Go read through that. Find your number. See what it is. Um, but it's been a fun little yeah. little journey. And the one thing about the test is they're real big on 
you really can't just take a test. Exactly. And you've got to really do the research. And there's a lot of people that it takes them months and months to figure out who, you know, what number they are. Mm-hmm. So a test is a good starting point to tell you what numbers to start look at, but you really want to dive into it and look at all the numbers and figure out which one is going to resonate the most with yeah. you. Big thanks to Ryan for coming out today to visit. If you're interested in the Enneagram, you should definitely check out enneagramtest.net. And even more, you should go read The Road Back to You. Links to both are in this week's description. Don't forget to rate and review our podcast and be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss an episode. Hope that you'll have a great day and we'll see you all next week.